Welcome to Unity of Tucson. When doors open, we must walk through them because they will take us to our place of our healing. That was like the third time ever I played a musical instrument in front of a large audience. And besides hours and hours of practice to the point my wrists and joints were aching, it also took a lot of hours of looking at courage. Because, and I'll tell you why in a moment, it took a lot of courage for me to do this. I wanted to do it, and I'm so grateful to Linda for opening the door, but it took a lot of courage to do this. You see, when I was about, I don't know, 12, 14, my, my parents uh, put me on a, on a course to learn the Yamaha Electron organ. It was very popular back in the 70s. It had two registers, pedals. And so I was taking some classes and learned some of my favorite songs, like uh, Yesterday by the Beatles. And um, one day, the family went to a party. And uh, there was uh, a band there, including a keyboardist with an electron organ. And somehow, word got out that I was taking lessons, and um, they asked me to play. And I didn't want to, but they insisted that I play. And so I tried to play yesterday, and I got stuck. If you play a musical instrument, you will know that it can happen, that you're playing a song and you just get stuck. You don't know what the next note will be. Kind of like me earlier, but um, I'm just joking. So I got stuck and I couldn't finish the song and everybody laughed. And since then, about 50 years ago, there's been this wound in me about playing music in front of people. I can speak in front of 10,000 people, no problem. But to play a musical instrument in front of a large crowd, I'm not joking when I said this is about the third time I've ever allowed myself to do that. Because that wound that was there, that wouldn't let me do what I love so much to do, to play music. So it's really, really, really important that we heal the emotional wounds that we carry. Because just like physical wounds, they get infected. And when they get infected, they fester. And when they get festered, they infect other parts of the physical body or the emotional body. And the longer you let them go, the harsher the treatment has to be, just like in medicine. So it's really, really important that we identify those emotional wounds that we carry, and that we start the healing process as soon as possible. The longer you wait, the more difficult it will be to heal the wound. And I waited 50 years too long. You know, I, I dabbled with garage bands, and I joined a workshop of uh, Baroque recorder players, and uh, I've 
done little things here and there, but, but to be in a band, a church, and play music, that was just way beyond what I could do given the emotional state of that wound. Moreover, there is a great book by Colin Tipping titled Radical Forgiveness. And that book says that when you're having conflict in your life, although you have to deal with that conflict, the root cause of the conflict is not the present situation. The root cause of the conflict is something that happened years and years and years ago. And until you heal that, you're not going to heal this. So I used to think that I didn't play in bands because they didn't like me, or I didn't have time to practice, or they didn't like my synthesizer sounds, or... No, I hadn't healed that wound. And I took a look at my life after uh, taking a look at that book, and that theme has happened. For example, my relationship with women. My relationship with women used to be very troubled. Now it's great. Seven months married today. But it used to be very difficult for me in, in relationship with women, and I kept looking at it. Why do the same women with different names show up? <laughs> Somebody is, is pulling a fast one on me here. But then I looked, and I, and I took meditation time, and, and, and study time, and spiritual time, and I identified the troublesome relationship with my stepmother. It lasted four years, because she came into my life when I was 12, and I left home uh, to go to college when I was 16. But in those four years, so much happened that it colored my relationship with women for many years to come. And until I healed that, although I could make amends and forgive and all of that good stuff, until I healed that, that root cause, I would continue experiencing the same problems. So we need to let, take a quick, a good look at what wounds, injuries, trauma do we have from early, early on in our lives and heal that. And I can only tell you by my experience, but my, my experience when I heal that, Everything else beyond that turned out good, as in my relationship with women. Because I understood why my behaviors were rooted on the trauma I incurred when I was a young teenager living at home with my father and his second wife. So I'm going to ask you a question. Actually, you don't have to answer me. Answer yourself. What emotional wound are you ready to heal now? What emotional wound are you ready to heal now? Because until you he heal it, the infection from it will continue to color other situations in your life. Whether it is your relationship with men or women, or your relationship with your employer, or your church, or your city, or yourself, it will all be colored by that endemic infection that is in your physiological bloodstream and in your emotional bloodstream. What wound are you ready? I've had enough. I'm ready. What wound are you ready to heal today? 
And when you walk through your doors, your work is to start that healing process. Now, if you were to ask me, what's a way to heal wounds? Well, there's all kinds of good books and things, but something that I found out that works for me is that in being in tune what's mine to do, my wounds seem to be healed. It seems like life is ushering me in a given direction. And when I say yes to that ushering, not only am I doing new and interesting things, but in the process, the wounds are getting healed. Kind of like if you eat well, your diabetes kind of gets better. Well, if you uh, do your work and do what's yours to do, I believe that will help heal your emotional wounds. Life will open doors for you, for your healing, and I encourage you to walk through those doors. Last year at the gala, um, I was blessed to be sitting at the same table as uh, Linda and her husband, Jim. And uh, I didn't know much about Linda. I knew she was a music director, plays great piano, all of that, but never really got to talk to her. And we got talking, and of course, music came up. And of course, my Ewe came up. And uh, she said, uh, you know, you should play at church one day. And I smiled, but I thought to myself, are you nuts? <laughs> you want me to do what? But then I remember a door has opened. I can say no and continue to suffer in silence that I don't get to play music in front of a bunch of nice people. Or I could say yes. And it took many months. This happened like a year ago, and we, and we talked about uh, maybe it could happen, and when could it happen, and what song can we play? And, and Linda was going to play one instrument, and then she decided to play another instrument. And in the end, even though I screwed up a couple of times, I think it came out great. <laughs> but what came out greater is that I'm healing my wound from 50 years ago about screwing up playing Yamaha electron organ yesterday at a stupid party. And that's the gift I got from this, the healing of that wound. One of the worst things that we can do for our spiritual growth is to sit on the fence. Pick a side, go with it. Sitting on the fence for too long will not be good for you. In fact, sitting on the fence for too long is going to do one and only one thing for you. It's going to give you crutch burn. <laughs> and nobody likes to have crutch burn. <laughs> so don't sit on the fence. Get up, go with it. I'm not saying that the process may be easy. I am saying, go with it. And when doors open in your life, walk through them. One day in, uh, I think it was June of uh, 2003, I was sitting at the uh, Phoenix Public Library. The main library in Phoenix is a beautiful five-story building, and it's got a uh, wall-to-wall glass. 
and you can sit in there and enjoy the city. And I was sitting there enjoying the city when one day I was just sitting there reading a book and this metaphysical experience came to me. This thing came to me that I had never felt before. And I heard loud and clear, you're going to be a unity minister. Now I packed on my backpack, got on my motorcycle, drove home, called my minister at church, at Unity of Phoenix, and I said, uh, hey Leilani, I'm gonna be a unity minister, what do I do? And there was laughter on the other side. And, uh, <laughs> so I waited, let her laugh. Okay, you done? What do I need to do? And it was a hard road. I would have to quit my job, move to another city. I didn't have any money saved, go to school at a later time in life. A whole bunch of stuff needed to happen. But from that day that I heard you're going to be a unity minister, until the day, June 14th, 2007, when I heard, I now ordain you as a unity minister. Doors kept opening. Doors opened. Door after door after door opened. It was a hard road. Going to ministerial school is one of the hardest things I've ever done. But the doors were open, and here I am. So I believe the universe is going to usher you in a given direction. And not only will it be good for you because it's good for you, but it will be good for you because in the process, your heels, your wounds will be healed. So the question is, how do you know if it is yours to do? And I like practical applications of teachings. So I'm gonna give you three ideas on how to know if it's yours to do. Number one, is it a calling? A calling is a pull that will not give up. A calling is a tide that will not ebb. And if there is something nagging at you and nagging at you and nagging at you and not leaving you alone, it's a calling. And until you follow it, it will not leave you the heck alone. You might be sitting here, I wonder if unity ministry is for me. If that question doesn't go away and it keeps nagging at you, I would pick up the phone and call Unity Worldwide Ministries because it's not gonna leave you alone, believe me. So, is it a calling? Is there a steady pull? Is it always calling to me? And if the answer is yes, I would walk through that door. Second, does it feel good? We have this internal compass that takes us places. Well, I'm an old guy, GPS, I guess. <laughs> People don't know what compasses are anymore, but we have this internal GPS that takes us places. And you will know it's right for you when it feels good. Now, Eating chocolate every morning for breakfast, may, you may think that it feels good, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's an addiction. You're filling a hole in your life with chocolate. <laughs> but if you entertain the activity and there's a satisfaction to it, it's yours to do. Playing music before you was really hard. I can't wait to go home and take a nap. <laughs> but 
in a very deep level, it felt very good to be able to do that. Finally, our doors opening. I mentioned doors earlier, and the doors that opened for you were placed there by God, Spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it, because it is ushering you on a given direction. Again, when Linda said, how about one of these days you play music at George, I could very easily say, thanks, man, but no thanks. But I remember there's a door opening, and there's a reason for the door that is opening, and I must walk through it. So walk through the doors that are opening in your life because the universe is taking you to a very specific place. There is a quote that I read that embodies all of that. Uh, the great Laura Cass, and Laura, would you, would you identify yourself? The great Laura Cass, uh, when she sends you emails, uh, the emails have a footnote. And to me, that footnote embodies in one sentence what I'm trying to tell you. The footnote says, don't wait for your ship to come in, row out and get it. Thank you, Laura. Do not wait for your ship to come in, row out and get it, because you need willingness and you need action to go where you need to go. Am I getting a steady pull to go there? Does it feel good when I entertain it? And are doors opening for me to go there? Just do it because the universe is waiting for you on the other side with the gift of healing your wounds. As for me, I think I need to go home and play the Ewe some more. <laughs> However, I do thank you very much for having been a witness of the healing of one of my long-standing wounds. So thank you. Now, uh, Reverend Jonathan will be back next week, which is awesome. Uh, however, it may be a while before I speak to you again. So instead of weekly homework, I'm going to give you a summer reading assignment. <laughs> so there are three books that I have read that have uh, made a difference in my life in the relation to this topic. And the first one is Callings by Greg Levoy. <laughs> It is a deep look at what callings are, how they work, uh, how you recognize them, how you follow them, and that was the second book that I read as I got my calling to ministry. The other book is What Should I Do With My Life by Paul Bronson. That is the book that I was reading when I was sitting at the Unity of, um, at uh, Phoenix Public Library on the fifth floor. I am reading that book and I hear Guess what? We know what you're going to do next. <laughs> you're going to be a unity minister. And finally, The Alchemist. It is a fable by a Brazilian writer, Paulo Coelho, about how to find your personal treasure. So pick a book, check it out, and see where it takes you. And once again, when a door opens, walk through it. I show you today how it is done, and thank you for being there with me as it happened. I bless you.
Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.